T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Bucks game is over. And now, it's time for the longest-running Pro Hoops post-game show in Milwaukee. Hear from the players. You know, I feel good. I always can get better. But, you know, I know I know myself. I know how usually it goes. You know, if I'm healthy, things are going to be okay. The head coach. Um, you know, offensively, I think, you know, we make a few more shots. Could be dangerous. And the fans. You got a guy in Giannis. He's just, like, the most likable human being. And all the other people fall in line with that. Everybody kind of takes after him. And it just it's really positive to see that be the team that we give. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. Now, here's your host, Bill Baby Tausch-Schmid on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, that one was different. Bucks lose, actually get blown out in San Antonio. Welcome in. Pick and Save Probes postgame show. I'm Bill Schmidt, baby Tausch. Appreciate you being here tonight. We're driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North inside the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Studios. A night where nothing was going right. 414-799-1250. You want to talk about this Bucks game here tonight. They sh- get shot upon almost 51% by San Antonio. San Antonio hits over 50 50- percent from deep bucks get out rebounded which rarely happens tough to play a team twice in whatever it was three calendar days even more difficult when it is arguably against against the best head coach of this era i'm not trying to make excuses i'm just saying i think when you look at this game on the surface does it stink absolutely but maybe could you have seen it coming on the schedule I, I think so. We'll be joined by Sidney Moncrief, the Hall of Famer, coming up here shortly on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And I want to ask him the same thing. As former player and coach, he's seen this from both sides. You get ready for a game in which you know is going to be hard fought. You just played the same team a couple of days ago at your own building. And there's going to be things that you know and, and they know about you. There's going to be ways that you can prepare for that team that you're facing for the second time in a couple of days, but to act like it's not going to be somewhat of an issue, not there, that there's not going to be adjustments. The, the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, and Mike Budenholzer, especially one of the questions going into this year was how open will Coach Bud be to making adjustments in game, right? Once we get to the playoffs, is he going to be able to learn from the issues last season, being able to make adjustments? I don't know if it was an issue of making different adjustments tonight. Frankly, I think they just got outplayed and they got out physical and they got they got beat and and they got beat up pretty good tonight in San Antonio. One thing we have not seen this Milwaukee Bucks team do early on this season. Now 32 and 6, so so one of six losses. No reason to to freak out at all and I think some people will but when when you look at where the totality of this team they've only lost six times there's going to be a clunker like this 
It's just a little bit difficult when it comes on the other end. The Bucks have been blowing out a lot of teams by 20. It's been different since we've talked about them losing like this. 126 to 104 on the road. Now joining us on the Pick and Save Probes postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz Milwaukee North. It's the former Buck, the Hall of Famer, Sidney Moncrief. Sidney, appreciate the time tonight uh, in, in a difficult but somewhat telling result. The, these games do happen across the NBA in 82 games. Billy, absolutely. And anytime you play a team back to back, you play you play the team at home, then you go play the team on the road, a team that has a very good home record, then the likelihood of this happening increases quite a bit. And when a team can win three out of four quarters and shoot plus fifty from a two, plus fifty from a three, and ninety percent from the free throw free throw line, that's gonna be a very difficult game. For any team to win, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lose most games on those nights. But uh, Sydney, from from a player's perspective and and a coaching perspective, you've seen the game from both sides. Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich has been in this game for for so long and and dominated it from the coaching perspective. There, what do you see him do day in and day out that maybe is different than what we see Mike Budenholzer do? I don't think it's a huge different uh, difference. Obviously, the Bucks is a more talented team. Uh, I think the execution of the game plan, if you watch the game, well, most people did watch the game tonight, the way the Spurs boxed up Giannis, it made it difficult for him to get those quick angles for the basket, uh, was was executed well. A lot of teams would like to do that, and that's their scouting report, but they have trouble doing it. And I thought it slowed Giannis down early enough for the Spurs to gain an advantage, and then when he were when he was able to get those angles and and lanes to drive the Bucks, they were already down by double digits. And I think the Spurs said, "Okay, we'd rather give you the two than give up an uncontested three point shot by trying to challenge you too much in the paint." And I think Greg Popovich, because of his experience of guarding and defending great players, he certainly has. An advantage. I like what you said there when, when you talk about all teams want to box in Giannis. All teams want to set up the, the wall that we heard of Toronto doing, but not many teams can be because of the talent on the Bucks. Is some of it just because of the length that other teams don't have or more of the talent on the Milwaukee Bucks bench and, and the pieces around him? Well, I think it's the pieces around him also that makes a difference. And when Middleton got going for a minute, and that was very important, but otherwise, no one else other than George Hill showed very much offensive spunk, and they were able to play that type of defense and get away with it. But I think it's a matter of execution by the players and the coaching staff having the, having the experience and the confidence in the game plan, plan that they set to stop or contain. You, never, you can't stop Giannis, but you can contain him, and I thought the Spurs did a good job of making sure he didn't have those big assist night or the big scoring night, uh, and and that was a difference in the ball game. Talking with my favorite number four in the city of Milwaukee, it's retired at the Viser Forum, Sidney Moncrief, the Hall of Famer here on the Pick and Save Pros post game show. You got to see Chris Middleton return to a little bit of his uh, mid range game there in in the third quarter. That that release is so smooth off the the bounce there from fifteen to eighteen feet that Chris can have. He's very difficult to guard because of his size. I don't know if people can. I don't know if people can appreciate Billy that that Middleton is a pretty large player, and his body is, is wide enough where when he gets the angles and he starts spinning, 
he's able to put his body on the players and create space and make those shots. And I thought that was a good offensive strategy tonight uh, that coach went to where they started to post him a little bit more on the mid post area, or they gave him the ball on the perimeter and let him dribble, dribble, and then they'll do the spin move and make those difficult shots. I think a lot of Bucks fans, and, and I know, Sydney, my, my mother personally, uh, absolutely is falling in love with George Hill and, and the kind of composure that that young man has in this game and his ability to make big plays when the team needs him in, in the flow of the game and, and just understanding the, the nature of, of where the game is at. Can you speak to how good he's been off the bench this year? Because right now it's, it's weird for me not to see him in the middle of the sixth man of the year category. He looked like he was 21 years old with a 40-year-old brain of a veteran <laughs> player. But he, he, didn't you think his, his explosive moves were very, very good tonight? And his mixing of the three-point shot and the penetration, he went baseline one time and went under the basket and scored. He made the three-point shot. He was no doubt the second-best player, I thought, on the court tonight. And he's been consistent the entire year. And I think He's more than a three-point shooter, and that's why he's been very effective. You must respect his ability to put the ball on the floor and make a play either driving, shooting a floater, or making a pass. I think, Sidney, going into the year, I definitely underestimated his ability to, to take it to the rim because last year I, I noticed Malcolm Brogdon do that. When the game got a little bit hairy, a little bit dicey, you know, the, the opponent goes on a 6-8-0 run, and you, need, you just need a calm possession where you can get an easy look. I thought Malcolm was really good at sensing that part of the game and being able to get his own shot. I think I maybe miscredited George Hill in, in that category of him being able to do that in his game. Well, he used to – that was his game years ago. That's the way he used to play years ago. It was mostly penetration, taking the ball to the basket. And as you get older, I've been there, you stop, you stop wanting that contact as much, <laughs> yes. as, as much, and you start settling for three-point shots. And I think now – he sees that teams are starting to play the three-point shot, and he has gone back. And, that's, and this is difficult to do. He's gone back and recaptured his ability not only to drive the basketball but to finish and make the shot. And that's difficult to do when you become a more veteran player. I think you're. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit here, Sydney. I don't think. I don't think you really aged that much, too much in the game. But but be, what is that like when you know that maybe you didn't have the bounce you did when you were 22 playing in this league? It, it makes a difference because it used to be that your first step would beat most players. As you get older, your first step won't do it, and then your second step gets slower, and you kind of stuck <laughs> with how do I adjust my game to now be a better player and still be effective. And that's when you start shooting the ball more from the outside. But what George Hill has done, which is very difficult, he has gone from a penetration finish at the basket player when he was younger to a three-point shooter during the middle of his career. And now he's a combination of the two. And you don't see that very much in NBA players. And talking with Sidney Moncrief here on the fan, Bucks basketball after each and every game, uh, when I look at the other side and I look at LaMarcus Aldridge, that's one thing that I've always marveled at him. You know, back in the day, he, he was still a, a body-up post player, but his ability to age in this game has been really, really impressive to see uh, on the enemy side tonight for the Bucks, That guy is a really, really impressive player. When I coached in the NBA, I coached for three different teams, Golden State, the Mavericks, and, of course, Milwaukee Bucks. Of all the players I watched, Billy, he was the 
largest, most intimidating player I've ever seen size-wise in today's NBA game. And uh, he's like, a, he's like a, a giant out there. And for him to be able to still be a post player, which I love, and, and be able to shoot the pick-and-pop shot, shoot the three-point shot, he has continued to expand his game. But there's not an appreciation, I, I guarantee you, there's not an appreciation for how large and big he is until, you, until you're on that bench watching how much larger he is than most players. That was the, the difference that I got when I first saw Andre Iguodala in person. I was like, I didn't realize how muscular this dude was. Sydney, I thought his calves had, has, had biceps and just understanding <laughs> how big some of these guys are and, and understanding that difference in this game. It, it really is incredible because he, he can. He plays down low and, and plays that old style where he can thump and then still be able to step out somewhat similar to Brooke Lopez, who's having a really, really great year defensively blocking shots. He really is. I thought that the adjustment of Aldrich on Giannis early uh, caused Giannis to slow down a little bit, and teams are starting to put big on Giannis a lot more. And length does matter. Not that they're going to stop Giannis, but you can slow him down, then you can box around him and make it difficult for him. And Lopez is a very effective player. I thought the first half of this ball game, switching the pick and rolls, that the Spurs exposed him, uh, I would have to look at the analytics, but I would I would say they scored 75% of the time when he switched onto that pick and roll. I'm, I, I could be a little bit off with my numbers, but I thought the Bucks made a good adjustment the second half, and they were not hurt as much by that, by that action. So, Sydney, we've been talking here for the last couple of weeks on this show, and, and I really appreciate you joining us. It's, it's so awesome to get this kind of perspective on, on this show. But I don't think I've asked you. Have, have you been looking and, and trying to get back into coaching? Because being on the analytics, you know, that, that's the way to get the, the new job in 2020. Oh, no, I love what I do. I coach people now, Billy, and that's a little less stressful. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I won't get fired as much. <laughs> yeah, there's not as much turnover watch, than that one. I know, I, but I can watch the game since I coach the game. I can watch it from a different perspective, and it does make it more enjoyable for me just to watch the games because I'm looking at matchups, switches, if they're scoring the switches, how they're making their adjustments, and I just enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing that when I coach, and I still enjoy it now. So who are some of your favorite players to watch across the league, not just Milwaukee Bucks? LeBron James, obviously, when guy, he was like crazy fast and large and just so intelligent to watch him. He was such an intelligent player. His basketball IQ, uh, you would watch him coach his teammates and call out our plays and tell his players where to go. And those are the type of things that really impressed me, the players that can think the game and transfer their knowledge to their teammates and make them better. There's not very many players that is that would be in that category. But I love watching him play uh, when I was coaching. Well, that's awesome that you set that up, Sydney. because talking with Sydney Mockery here on The Fan, I, I was just – looking at just the numbers today, it's incredible to me how a guy at his age and with his skill set, he's really kind of invent, reinvented his, himself as a player a few different times. Now he's leading the league in assists at six foot eight, six foot nine, and still mm. being a dominant scorer when he needs to be. It's incredible to watch. Yeah, and my favorite player to watch now is, uh, is a kid that I think most people know, number 34 for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> that would be it, yes. <laughs> right, because... He made a play tonight where he drove down the lane and he was at an angle, 
maybe a 45 degree angle and he went to the basket and he actually went under the basket and threw a ball to the corner uh, on the left-hand side to a player. And we don't realize how good that was. Right. You realize it when you say, how many players have I seen make that play? And then you say, zero, <laughs> nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody can make that play but Giannis. And so he, he's certainly a player that you can watch and just not his scoring, not his dunking. Uh, the first half, someone was posting the Bucks player up and the player spawned, and there's Giannis right there to block the shot. I mean, those type plays, you just don't see players making those type plays very much anymore. No. It, especially playing, I mean, somewhat his position. He, he can be a three, he can be a four, wherever you want to say Absolutely. it. But he also can, Sydney, he's one of the better rim protectors in, in the NBA and, and being able to read passing lanes. He had one tonight where he just intercepted a pass where somebody was trying to throw it from the wing, and it was like he was a, a DB in football, just knew exactly yeah. where it was going to be. Cerebral at, at his age is pretty impressive. Very smart, and remember that we matched him up on – Aldrich later in the ball game. It was actually a crucial point in the game when the game was still within 13 points or 11 points, and Giannis was on. Aldrich could not score. Giannis was on him. He did the spin move, and Giannis was right there contesting the shot. Those type things where you can we can guard. He can guard a one. He can guard a two. He can guard a three. He can guard a four. He can guard a five. What else is it? Yeah, there's nothing else you can do. I mean, to me, that's defensive player of the year type stuff. Now, he's kind of been left out of that conversation, but you, Sidney Moncrief, as a two-time defensive player of the year, do you see that as, as, as that type of skill set, that type of award should be in his favor? Absolutely. He, he is. He's, he's a serious candidate, or he should be, for defensive player of the year because all the other players that are in the same category or up for the award – they're normally not guarding five positions. It's sure guarding w- one or two positions, and it sure feels like he's he's at this point running away with the MVP. I think the only guy close is the one that you and I were talking about just before in LeBron James of the way that he's changed his his game. But I, I debated this, you know, with myself maybe a month ago, and at that point, Sydney, I thought that it was LeBron James. At this point, I don't think it's really close. Do, do you believe? in that assessment that, that Giannis is right now running away with his second consecutive MVP? Well, my, my, my mindset from game one, two, three, four, five, he was, he was the MVP. He's been MVP all year, the way he's performed in addition to the way the teams perform. And every time there's a big moment in a game, Giannis steps up. And to me, that's MB, MVP, I'm sorry, type performance when you can have a bad first half and come back and have a great second half, when teams are setting their defense to stop you mm-hmm. as a player and you're still getting 24 and 12 and six or seven assists and pretty effective, I can't see any other player in the NBA that will be the MVP but Giannis. Yeah, it sure feels like that way right now. Sydney, appreciate it. Uh, West Coast road trip, so we don't want to keep everybody up that late to make sure that they hear from the Hall of Famer. But uh, we'll talk next week as the Bucks are getting ready to take on Boston. Those are always fun games, always fun. I know you have a lot of memories of uh, those battles as well. But we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon, and thank you again for coming on with us tonight, all right? Okay, thank you, Billy. Thank that's, you. That's Sidney Moncrief, the Hall of Famer, joining us here on the Great
great Midwest Bank hotline. Just an awesome time whenever we get to talk Bucks basketball with Sidney Moncrief. He joins us here on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, 105.7 FM, The Fan. You get that type of perspective from somebody that, that has coached and also played and also guarded you know, two or three different positions when he was playing. Seeing a guy do it one through five blows away a two-time defensive player of the year. Tonight, obviously, it just it, it didn't happen. And, and the Bucks got run away on there in, in the fourth quarter. And as Sidney Moncrief said, uh, you get outshot and the team puts up almost 50, 50, and 90 on shooting percentages. Yeah, you're going to lose most of those games. San Antonio blows out the Bucks by 22 tonight. They shoot over 51% from the field, 54.3% from deep, 19 of 35, the official tally for the San Antonio Spurs tonight, 17 of 19 from the line. They out-rebound the Bucks by 16, a recipe for disaster for the Milwaukee Bucks, and, and it happened tonight in San Antonio. Bucks only shooting 40% tonight and a 15 of 45 from downtown. Allowed a lot more corner threes than normal, but I imagine Mike Budenholzer will touch on that as well in the postgame. Lots to get to here tonight. It's Big and Safe Pro Hoops post-game show. 105.7 FM, The Fan. We're driven by Mercedes-Benz Milwaukee North inside the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Studios. You can join us at 414-799-1250. Longest-running post-game show in the city lives right here on The Fan. Behold our mortal enemy. We're keeping an eye on the enemy. How did the bad guy look tonight? Sponsored by Coach's Pub and Grill on South 13th Street. Stop in today for lunch or dinner and try their fabulous Friday fish fry. Now open, Coach's on Lake Danoon. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on The Fan. Nice job, Dante. He picks it off, finds George Hill. He lays it in against White. George Hill, I think he caught White by by surprise with his explosion to the cup. One of the few good uh, highlights there were tonight. Bucks get blown out tonight by the San Antonio Spurs. 126, 104. I'm Bill Schmidt, baby Josh. Not used to saying that. Haven't said it much all here 2019, 2020 since I've taken over this postgame show from my man Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. But hey. It happens. The Bucks do it enough to everybody else. So get a little taste of your own medicine, Milwaukee. Thirty-two and six now, fourteen and four away from Pfizer form. AT and T Center can be a tough place to play. Spurs are just a little bit over five hundred there, and and San Antonio. While the record is not great, I mean you just still cannot count that team out with that head coach. And I think he did a great job tonight of having his team and, and making sure his team was ready and willing and able to adjust. We just talked to Sidney Moncrief, Pro Basketball Hall of Famer here, and being able to adjust to locking up Giannis down low and kind of basketing him in, I thought that was a good way of putting it, and just just kind of locking him around where he wasn't only not able to score and having Aldridge as a rim protector and somebody that can lock somebody down physically is is a luxury that not a lot of teams have. But you're also, on the other side of it, able to move. They trapped him through and then lock up his ability to get the ball to open shooters. And, and when your shooters aren't knocking him down, like the Bucks were tonight, then, then you're going to be in a lot of t- tough situations. But I don't know if this was as much what the Bucks did wrong tonight than it was the Bucks got whooped. I mean, this team shot incredibly well. Now, we're going to hear from Mike Budenholzer here in the next segment and, and hear what he had to say, and as well as Matt Velasquez, who's at AT&T, and he'll talk Bucks with us as well when, when he joins us 
inside the pillow windows and doors of Wisconsin Studios. But you're in a game where a team shot over 50% from deep. Those games don't happen very often. Like this is a, this feels to me like a true, true outlier. If I'm wrong, uh, then I'll, I'll own it. But right now, I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock into this Milwaukee Bucks team getting blown out because I just don't see it happening very often at all, if at all. And earlier on, this this was shaping up, and early you could tell it was shaping up to be one of those where the Bucks were going to – it, it felt like the Dallas game. Let me say it that way. This one team was not going to cool down. But would the Bucks have been able to slow down the corner threes earlier? San Antonio got into the corner a lot tonight. A lot more than you see a lot of Mike Budenholzer teams coached. When when the Bucks want to funnel three-point shots, they want to funnel it to the top of the key over onto the wings. Those are the longer threes. You know, you get a few feet off when you step into the corner, and that's a more high-percentage shot. Bucks gave a lot of those up early on in tonight's game, and just unable to get away from that I think was was difficult for him. And, and Eric Woodyard, covering the Milwaukee Bucks for ESPN, uh, tweeted out something that Mike Budenholzer said, and, and we'll hear from his full comments, but I mean, he talked about possibly being able to adjust more and adjust quicker. In a year where that was highly scrutinized of Mike Budenholzer last year, how, even though he won Coach of the Year and the Bucks won 60 games, the success that the team had in the regular season, the complaint in the playoffs was Mike was too slow to adjust and too slow to go do something different. Do you anticipate this team being able to do that better into the playoffs, or are you feeling a little bit more same old bucks? I'm not going to lane one way or another, but I will tell you I expect the Bucks to win more of these games than, than lose more of these blowout-type games. Giannis isn't going to shoot 0-5 from downtown. Similar recipe to the Philly game as well, right? I mean, that was the last time we saw the Bucks lose. Last time we saw the Bucks lose like this. Giannis missed all of his threes in that game. 0-7, 0-5 here tonight. And San Antonio shot out of the gym. And they were red hot all night. Did they get too many open looks? Yes. But credit them for knocking him down and knocking him down at home. We'll run you through this one. Uh, as painful as it may be, cut out the fourth quarter because, I mean, that just got ugly, and it got ugly rather quick. But early on, it was a game, and the Bucks were uh, actually dominating the game early. Bledsoe finds Giannis for the hammer. There were no dunks in the game on Saturday in Milwaukee, the last Bucks game without a dunk by either team, 2012, November 30th. Yeah, and that was made it 11-4, and then the Spurs ended up tying it up. But Giannis able to get one back as he just took this one away from DeMar DeRozan, like taking candy from a baby. Giannis takes it away. Giannis, good help defense with alertness. Not sure if he poked that away or if DeRozan just lost it. Yeah, Marcus, he just took it away and then ran it down the floor for tonight's defensive play of the game with International Union Local 113, the Laborers International Union Local 113, feel the power online at liuna113.org. George Hill finally sets back in for the closing seconds. Elias Sola, the inbounder, hits a three. 
Ursanity, how'd he knock that down? Great job. At the final possession of the first quarter, Bucks outscored in that first quarter 27 21. They would not get anything back in the second. Instead, San Antonio would continue to stretch it out, outscoring the Bucks by eight in that period. And doing a little bit of it early, this one just made it a seven-point game. Giannis just Euro-stepping to the cup. There it is, the Euro and the finger roll lay-in. It brings a timeout. It's a Giannis timeout taken by Greg Popovich, and he's really upset. At the there was a th- wide-open three knocked down by, I believe, Brooke Lopez. Then the Giannis lay-in that he had right there. And you heard Jim Paschke say it. Greg Popovich not happy with his team's effort defensively there. Takes the quick timeout. They run back and run out on a 9-0 run. Bucks trying to trim it down. And George Hill finding Dante for the finish and one definitely helped. Here's George Hill and Deep Vincenzo. What a beautiful play. It's an and one on the foul. But just uh, good to see something go through the net for the Bucks. Nice job in transition. Dante taking it to the rim and avoiding the charge. Instead, draws the blocking foul, and the Bucks are within 12. And that was pretty much where it stood throughout the third quarter until the Bucks started making a little bit of a run, 8-0 run, and then the Bucks had it within six on this drive. To the nice contest by Bledsoe, Trey Lyles. Missing his shot. Here comes Giannis. Downhill big time. Boy, he is beautifully attacking at full speed, but then being able to gather just at the point of release to kiss it softly off the glass. Those are difficult finishes for Giannis inside. Difficult finishes for anybody but Giannis. That's Marcus Johnson and Jim Paschke on the highlights, courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin, and that's kind of where it, it ended for the highlights. There weren't that many any, anymore because uh, it got ugly, and San Antonio was able to drum up the Bucks there in the third quarter, outscore them by 12 and finish the job. Bucks had it within, um, excuse me, they had it within 13 at the break. They had it within 10 going into the third quarter, and you feel like they have the run in them. You're hoping that you, you get that run to spark you through, and instead uh, all you're left with at the end of the game was a near career high for Dante DiVincenzo. 6 of 12 shooting, uh, 2 of 6 from the field, but 16 points, 15 off the bench for George Hill in his former arena. We'll hear from George Hill later on in the program. But coming up next, going to hear from Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer put, pointing the finger at himself First off, you're from the head coach. What went wrong? Bucks get blown out in San Antonio, 126, 104 before they head out west. Take on Golden State on Friday night, back to back. Sacramento, then Portland, Friday and Saturday. We're here with you for all of it. It's the Big and Save Probes post game show. I'm Bill Schmidt, baby Tausch, driven by Mercedes Benz, Milwaukee North. Come on back. A lot more Bucks basketball talk here on the fan. Let's hear from the head coach. This segment is sponsored by Schneider. For over 80 years, they've been offering great careers with great benefits and more home time. Visit schneiderjobs.com or call 1-800-44-PRIDE. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on The Fan. Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Bucks get blown out in San Antonio tonight, 126-104. If you're freaking out, I'm not seeing you. Like, anybody on Twitter, at 105.7 FM, the fan, all the people that we follow here on the station account, my personal one, people that are hitting me up on my personal page, at Bill Schmidt Radio, I'm not seeing any angst or or frustration in this loss. If anything, I'm seeing more just, yeah, it's going to happen. 
It's fine. Like, there's part of tonight's loss that I think is is not just frustrating, somewhat concerning. Like, the, be, the ability to adjust later on in games is what everybody was frustrated at Mike Budenholzer for not being able to do last year in the postseason. And then we have a game here, an instance where you just weren't able to adjust them knocking down everything from the corner. Bucks allowed a lot more corner threes than they usually do tonight, and San Antonio was knocking down everything. Knocking the lights out, shooting the lights out of the gym is something that's difficult to be upset about. But when you see it because in a game that coincides with you not shooting well as well as your opponent just hitting everything and them closing down your MVP the way the the Spurs were able to lock up Giannis at certain parts today and, and frustrate him, not allow him to get the assist numbers that he usually does in a night where scoring output is going to be tough. You've played this team twice in three days. It's going to be difficult. Those are those are great tests, I think, though, going into postseason basketball because well, that's what you're going to see in postseason basketball. You're going to see the same team seven times in two weeks. How do you adjust? How did Mike Budenholzer think he adjusted tonight? Head coach joins us courtesy of Schneider here tonight on the Pick and Save Probes postgame show. Mike Budenholzer after the game on the fan. Uh, tough night for us, but I think a lot of credit to the way the Spurs played, uh, both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, They kind of handed it to us tonight, so um, we weren't our best, but we'll learn from it. We'll be smarter and better going forward. Coach, the last two losses that your team has had, the opponents have basically had to shoot 50% from the three-point line, make 19 to 20 three-pointers. How much has to go right for other teams to outlast your team? Uh, I mean, um, you know, I think we've been good defensively. We've won a lot of games. So um, some nights, you know, I guess, uh, you know, we feel like we're a good team and the other team's going to have to throw a... A great offensive effort, a great probably shooting night, um, but that's the way it is for every team. You know, they they make 19 or 20 against anybody, they're probably going to beat them. So um, they were very good tonight. It's more about them than it was us. So um, they were good. Did they do anything defensively to hold y'all to 40 percent shooting, or was it just shots not falling? Oh, it's always a little bit of both. I thought their defense was good. Um, you know, probably got us a little bit out of our comfort zone and. And then you got to make your open ones when you get them. And it just didn't feel like tonight was one of our better shooting nights. So, But I think their defense was good, and, and we need to be better offensively. Obviously, you guys like to force those you know, contested mid-range shots as part of what you guys do. When they're, they're making them at such a high rate and DeRozan is a guy who likes to get those shots, you, how much do you try to adjust what you normally do to try and take away what they obviously want to do? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that, you know, DeRozan and a few of the other guys made some tough, you know, kind of pull-up twos, mid-range, some tough floaters. Um, and then they had the three ball going, too, so they kind of had everything. And um, probably could have better done a better job of coaching, maybe adjusted earlier, quicker. Um, you know, so I think, you know, I, I need to be better. Um, but, um, you know, it's like I said, we'll learn from it, and hopefully we'll be better going forward. With a guy like DeRozan, do you play that trap coverage any different going in, just knowing how good he is as a manager? Um, no, I mean, I think, you know, we have a ton of respect for him. It was, you know, I think the way Aldridge has been shooting the three-point shot um, over the last five, six, seven games, um, you know, a lot of, lot of talk about, you know, could we reduce those? And he had a huge, you know, first quarter, first half last, uh, you know, on Saturday. 
And, you know, I don't want to say live with DeRozan's twos, but, you know, to some degree, I mean, I still think it's the three-point line where they beat us. It's, you know, they shoot 54%. They make 19 or 20 of them. And uh, with a ton of respect for DeRozan, a ton of respect for guys that can make shots like that, floaters and twos, I think the three-point line is probably is more important. And defensively, your guys were there most of the time. I mean, did you feel like it was shots where you just have to hang your head and say, hey, good play? I mean, specifically Patty Mills multiple times tonight. Which is yeah, like... no, I think those Patty ones are kind of just heartbreakers. You feel like you're playing good defense, you're right on him, and, um, you know, he's got the footwork, he's got the game to just kind of plant his feet, pull up behind the line. And, um, you know, so those ones really hurt, and you do feel like you're playing pretty good defense, but uh, just not good enough. What did you think of the defensive execution? It felt like in the fourth there was maybe 20 seconds of good defense, and then those final like three, four seconds, you guys just couldn't yeah. close out the possession. No, there were a handful of those possessions where it felt like we really guarded them, and of Murray gets to the paint, you know, kicks it, and it's a dunk, and you know we foul late on a possession. Um, so yeah, I mean there was, and that, that's a credit to their offense. You know, they just kept playing, they kept making enough plays, and uh, we couldn't sustain it for the full shot clock. Giannis tracks it down and jams. There's always something unexpected that changes the game. It's gonna be crazy, man. Here's tonight's X Factor of the game, brought to you by Brian Stratton College Athletics, offering athletic scholarships in 15 junior college sports. Learn more at bscbobcats.com. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. There will be some that goes off or a little haywire in each NBA game, 82 of them in a year. Tonight, it was the San Antonio Spurs shooting 19 of 35 from downtown. Field goals made in the NBA. I just want to know where the Spurs rank going into today's game as a whole team. Just just take this for what it's worth. Once again, stats. I'm, I'm not a huge stat guy, but Stats usually don't lie. Like they do usually tell a pretty thick portion of the story. Field goals made on average for teams, the San Antonio Spurs, third last, coming at 28th in the league uh, in average threes made per game in differential to what their opponent is hitting. For the San Antonio Spurs, though, as a team, hitting field goal percentage-wise, well, that they're a little bit better at. They they hit about 36% of their threes, not 54% of them uh, like they did tonight, and it was a, a damning effort as the San Antonio Spurs put away the Milwaukee Bucks here tonight. Uh, 126-104, that was the X factor for the game, but the X factor for the Milwaukee Bucks, I think all year long really has been the maturity and the, the changing of the guard pardon the pun, but for the off guard. And Dante DiVincenzo has played an incredible game, an incredible season so far. His college coach caught up with Zora Stevenson. I wanted to bring this to you. They brought it, they had it on the broadcast earlier today and just breaking down from Jay Wright's perspective of, I often think Dante is a better player when he plays with better players. And what I mean by that is there's certain guys that are really, really good role players understanding you got to get in where you fit in, right? Knowing that Giannis is the number one dude, there were a lot of conversations if Jabari Parker thought that he was going to be the number one guy, right? Or, or Chris Middleton wanted to be the best player on the team. And and now I think you, you have a perfect concoction of guys that all know it centers around 34, and I'll get in, get my shots, get my opportunities where they come. 
For Dante DiVincenzo, he's been that his entire career. But listen here to Jay Wright talk about Dante DiVincenzo being able to float from being a bench player to a starter. It's incredible because in high school, he's one of those guys that started from ninth grade every game on every team he played on. He was always the star. So coming to Villanova, that was tough for him coming off the bench. And he really didn't like it. And it was really to his credit that uh, he made he made himself successful in a situation that he didn't really like. And I think he learned a lot from that. And I think that's what's going to make him a great NBA player, that he'll be able to handle any situation because he knows he was in a situation he didn't like. He came off the bench and he made the best of it and was the MVP of the national championship game. It can't be any better than that. But it was because of his great attitude. And it's, it's, it's a real incredible trait that he has. And I, I think it's going to make him a great player in this league. That's Jay Wright talking tonight on the Bucks broadcast about Dante DiVincenzo. Being able to adjust like that into your position, your role on the team, just, I think it's a, a really invaluable trait. Being able to know where you get in, where you fit in, and this is going to be my opportunity to make a key impact on the team. He guy's a winner, man. He he won in college. He's going to win in the pros now with the team that he's on at this particular point in time. And also, there's something to be said for somebody knowing, I'm not the, the star player, but I'm good enough to be on the floor at any single time, and I should be on the floor at, ever, at any given time. I always like that out of guys. I've never thought that was a negative when people had enough confidence in their game saying, I'm better than this dude. I, I need to be in the game over X, Y, or Z. But knowing when when to shut your mouth and, and knowing when to be able to take advantage of it, those are some pretty key points. Take a look around the scoreboard. Also here from George Hill. Matt Velasquez still to come. A lot more to get to. Pick and Save Probes postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz Milwaukee North. I'm inside the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Studios. I'm Bill Schmidt, baby Tausch. Come on back with me on the fan. This guy's on the inside. After every game, listen to the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show for the latest from JS Online's Matt Velasquez. Brought to you by the law offices of Thomas Marola. Divorce, child custody, or any other family law needs. Go with experience. Go with Thomas Marola. Online at marolalaw.net or call 414 414- 327-5800. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. And it's live inside the pillow windows and doors of Wisconsin Studios after the Bucks get beat down in San Antonio. Don't usually say that very often, but they lose by 22. You can say that on a day where the opponent shoots over 50% from downtown. Joining us now in a very windy Uber on the way back to his place in San Antonio, our guy Matt Velasquez of the Journal Sentinel. Matt, appreciate the time, man. Yeah, very windy walk to the Uber. Uh, soon to be in the Uber, hopefully less windy in the Uber. That would be a, a, a problem. I can roll up the windows. <laughs> You're all good. But, Matt, in a game like tonight where the Bucks get you know outshot from downtown like they did, they, these are going to be few and far between. But... It felt like to me they gave up a lot more corner looks than they usually are going to give up. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, they pride themselves on not giving up too many corner threes, and, and the Spurs were, uh, you know, they were finding ways to get the ball to the corners, finding a way to get the ball to guys who uh, were in good spots to shoot. Obviously, Patty Mills was doing some some great shooting uh, himself, six of ten on threes. The only shots he took were threes. Um, and he was really impressive. Some of them were tough, well defended, um, but that's just kind of how it went for the Bucks. And, uh, you know, uh, they just. It was one of those games where they uh, they weren't great and Spurs were. 
And and those are those are going to happen. I think that's the toughest part about it, and and that can be frustrating. For I know as as you see all the time, uh, Matt Buck's Twitter will always love to uh, get fired up on a night like tonight. But everybody rather calm, cool, and collected. I, I'm rather proud of Bucks fans understanding that they've lost now six times on the year. These there are going to be nights where teams have this recipe. But I thought Zora Stevenson broke it down pretty well when you guys were talking to Mike Budenholzer, just saying. It feels like it's going to take a team's very best effort to be able to get you on a given night. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what it's been for a lot of this year. Uh, not every loss has been exactly like that, but it's been like that for a bunch of them, definitely the last two. Um, you know, and, and speaking of Bucks Twitter, can you send me like what your timeline looks like? Because apparently yours looks very, very... Uh, very nice. Everybody's uh, been a lot more cheery over here. I, I don't. I don't know. You guys are getting a lot more hate down down in San Antonio. No, no. Maybe I just see see different things than you see, or have different <laughs> people responding to me. Bucks Twitter is um, a, a generally um, important part of my of my job, and I appreciate them for for following along and well for, done for for, for being uh, as excited and uh, into the game as they are. But you know, sometimes I see different things than you do, and that's okay. That's a that's a well crafted, very politically correct response, Matt Velasquez. I'm proud of you, and you guys can be a part of that Bucks Twitter montage with Matt Velasquez at Matt underscore Velasquez, or you can just read his stuff the old-fashioned way. JS Online or the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel can actually come to your house each and every day. The Yes, they do still deliver papers here in 2020. Matt, when, when you look at this team going into the rest of this West Coast road trip, you're, you're clean on the injury front. Is there anything else to be concerned about, though? I thought it was very open and honest of Mike Budenholzer to say, maybe I could have coached a little bit better tonight and maybe adjusted a little bit earlier. Yeah, I, I think I'll be interested to see how they respond uh, against the Warriors, obviously a team that played well this season. Uh, I mean, the guys who they had out tonight uh, were a veritable starting lineup for pretty much anyone. I mean, I think it was Steph Clay, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney were all out tonight. I mean, that, that's a group that can get you like 50 wins, <laughs> like, you know, sitting out. Um, and so, you know, the Warriors have been in a, a dire injury situation all year. Um, and the Bucks haven't been a, a team that looks over uh, opponents, but I'll be interested to see how they come out and how well they execute and how they handle their business uh, coming off of a loss uh, tonight in San Antonio. That's, that's that's what I look for. And then obviously uh, the Kings have been uh, tough and the, and the Trailblazers haven't been where they, you know, normally are or are expected to be to start this year. But, you know, they're, they're a tough team to play at their place. And uh, obviously on the second end of a back-to-back, the Bucks are going to need to bring, uh, you know, their A game in order to finish off the road trip with a win. Getting a, a nice look on NBA TV, and, and the best way to do it is just mute it and keep us on the radio.com app of the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs playing right now. And it, it's a totally different Golden State Warriors team that people are going to see uh, on the floor on Wednesday night than they have in the last five NBA finals. Uh, you, you weren't seeing Pascal being a major factor or Pascal being a major factor of this team. He's like the leading scorer for this Golden State Warriors team that you're going to see. Yeah, no, it's going to be weird, and it's not going to be an oracle. Obviously, first time for the Bucks going to the Chase Center. Um, I, I'm looking forward to going there and seeing what that place is all about. I'm, I'm sure it's palatial and uh, you know beautiful and and all that kind of stuff. They poured a ton of money into it, and um, and rightfully so. Uh, so we'll have to see see how that looks and and how the Bucks adjust to that uh, that new look. Uh, Warriors team out there. So Matt, now now you're you're a vet in this in this beat writer game in the NBA. So you've been around. What was the coolest place that you first went to when you first started covering the team and, and traveling all, all around? Ooh, that's a tough call because um, I'd been to like Madison Square Garden uh, before 
uh, covering the NBA mm-hmm. when, I, when I, you know, back when I covered Marquette. Um, but in terms of cool places to go, I feel like Staples Center uh, was one of those places that, you know, that was the uh, where the All-Star game was the first year I was covering the team full-time and kind of see L.A. and uh, obviously the statues and the banners and, and everything that Staples Center has to offer. I think that was, um, you know, kind of special. I think, you know, TD Garden, I'd been there before, um, you know, back when I was a kid. Um, for, I think it was a game in like 2003, uh Celtics, Clippers. I remember seeing Cherokee Parks up close, and he wasn't a very good NBA player, but he had True Grit tattooed across his knuckles, and I thought that was cool. Um, you know, but going there, you know, uh, and having, you know, seeing that crowd and, and the parquet floor and all that, that was that was kind of cool to, to be back there um, you know, as a as a traveling professional beat writer. So, you know, maybe, maybe those would be the ones. Yeah, two coastal elites. Okay, now what what is the regular day for for you now on this nice? long extended west coast trip you, you get a little bit of time to yourself is tomorrow maybe is tomorrow a travel day and then wednesday maybe a little bit of a pool day or or how are we spending this time with a little bit of nicer weather than we're seeing here with the 30s in wisconsin you know i'm not totally sure uh, i know tomorrow got a got a nice flight from san antonio to lax lax to sfo um i don't think the bucks are practicing tomorrow and I have uh, one of my college roommates out there in San Francisco, one of my buddies from, from back in Connecticut, so I'm going to try and meet up with some friends. Wednesday, I'm really hoping the Bucks have a shoot-around because they haven't had a road shoot-around in probably like a month or more. Um, you know, So getting the chance to talk to some guys at, at a shoot-around would be nice. Um, but then we'll have to see how that goes. And, uh, you know, then just try – with the, with the way the Bucks schedule is because of their trip to Paris – um, coming up in, later this month, this whole season, whenever they go on the road, they're playing either every other day or they're playing back-to-backs. So, you know, there's not a ton of time. Either you're, you're covering a game or you're traveling. It's, it's one of the two. Uh, so, you know, just got to stay on the grind. And I saw the uh, the pickup shoes that we were talking about the other day uh, took a little bit of a beating. Are those are those officially retired that we saw at Matt underscore Velasquez? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't thrown them away yet, but I should. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's time. Uh, yeah, I've got, got two years out of them, and uh, I'm hoping that maybe when I'm in Portland get a chance to go uh, to a to a Nike uh, location uh, since the you know the Nike headquarters is right there. Good place uh, to do see it. If I, see if I can come home with a little some some to uh, to play basketball in. So but, you know, uh, I'll see what I can do. Did you Zion those things and just run right through them, or, or how did how do we break through those, Matt? I know you're a finely tuned athlete. I am not, but uh, I, I, I think I, I don't even know what happened. I, I just felt something weird in my shoe uh, for probably like two games, and I just didn't even think about it. And then eventually, uh, stopped playing and looked at my shoe, and I was like, oh, well, that's that's broken. So, that's a true battler know. right there. You want you want to talk it is about what a, it is. a guy going all out for what it is on the hardwood? That that's what you get, Matt Velasquez. Matt, appreciate it, man. Enjoy those two flights tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk late night on Wednesday night. All right. All right, can't wait. Thanks, man. That's Matt Velasquez joining us here uh, inside the Bella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Studios, Mobile Studios. Yes, guys, it's not windy in here. But Matt Velasquez traveling uh, back from the game tonight, a little bit quicker night for them inside the Bucks locker room. Uh, really always a pleasure whenever he's able to join us here on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show as well. I'm Bill Schmidt, baby Tausch. Appreciate you being here. You can join the conversation. Still some time for you at 414-799-1250. Bucks lose to San Antonio tonight. We'll look around the NBA scoreboard coming up next and also hear a little bit from George Hill on 105.7 FM. The fan- 
behold our mortal enemy. We're keeping an eye on the enemy. How did the bad guy look tonight? Sponsored by Coach's Pub and Grill on South 13th Street. Stop in today for lunch or dinner and try their fabulous Friday fish fry. Now open, Coach's on Lake Danoon. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on The Fan. Bucks lose tonight to the San Antonio Spurs, 126-104 in a game where you had Mike Budenholzer saying, and maybe I could have coached a little bit better. Maybe I could have adjusted a little bit earlier. Is that something you really want to hear from the head coach that last year won the regular season coach of the year, but then admittingly so did not adjust enough in the postseason? I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into it a little bit more, but that's a little bit concerning to me. Tonight, when you lose to a team that shot 19 of 35 from downtown, yeah, you're going to lose most of those games. I was talking to a buddy in the hallway here, GA, over at 103.7, and he played ball. He knows exactly what it is. And he goes, really? They lost tonight? First question you get, did Giannis play? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Giannis played. 34 minutes did Giannis play as we take a little – Eye on the box score tonight. I know it's eye on the enemy, but when when the other team shoots 51.1, 54.3, and 89.5 as their three shooting percentages from the field, three, and then the charity stripe, uh, yeah, you're going to lose most of those games. And the Bucks also then uh, add this, and I think this is one part of the game and the box score that usually gets overlooked. The Bucks are so good at out-rebounding teams, especially defensively, and then being able to get out and run in transition. Bucks got out-rebounded by 16 tonight, 54 to 38. That's getting owned on the glass, and and the Bucks were being owned on the glass tonight. Just 10 defensive rebounds from Giannis, 12 overall, 24 minutes or 24 points in 34 minutes from Giannis, 10, 12 boards and eight assists. Did have three steals and a block, a couple of turnovers, a couple of fouls and a net rating of negative two, but nobody had a positive net rating. The Bucks got beat by 26. Usually those don't happen, and also got outscored in three of the four quarters tonight. 27-22 was the lead for San Antonio after one at the break after putting up 38, a 38 spot there in that second quarter. Uh, the Bucks trailed by then a 13 spot, trailed by 10 after three, and and you've started to feel like they had a little bit of momentum that you were going to be able to maybe make a little bit more of a run that the Bucks have been able to do late in games. It just didn't happen tonight, and San Antonio just could not miss. Patty Mills, you want to talk about somebody that could not miss? Six of 10 from downtown, fired every single one of his shots up from three-point land, hit six out of 10 threes, had 21 points, led bench scoring, for San Antonio, Rudy Gay was also 6 of 10 from the field, 2 of 2 from deep, 2 of 3 for LaMarcus Aldridge from downtown. Three-point territory was good to Deontay Murray as well tonight, 3 of 4, 1 of 1 for DeMar DeRozan, 11 of 15 from the floor. And DeRozan was the one guy that Mike Budenholzer said maybe they could have done a better job adjusting to, and and the Bucks are usually going to allow mid-range jumpers, right, and threes from straight on to the near wing. Bucks allowed a lot of corner threes tonight. Trey Lyles, I know, was there a few different times. Knocked one down in that second quarter 
when you you really felt like the Bucks were able to get some traction there in the third, got it down to a five point game, and then a barrage of threes would come, and and the game just got out of hand from the Milwaukee Bucks in the last six minutes of the game were pretty irrelevant. Even Thanasis got in today in a different type of effort. Usually when the Bucks are getting Thanasis and, and DJ Wilson and Sterling Brown in the game nowadays, it's the Bucks winning by 20 instead. Tonight, she was on the other foot, and the Bucks lose by 22 tonight in San Antonio. Have a chance to rebound now into the West Coast road trip. This four-game tr- uh, trip, if you thought they go 3-1, and one, you're doing all right, and you'll face three teams uh, that are definitely low – down from what you've seen in years past, watching one of them right now, this Golden State team. You're going to watch that game from the Chase Center on Wednesday night. Late night, by the way, and we'll be on here on the Pick and Save Probes postgame show. But you watch this this Golden State team. The names are all different. You're not going to recognize many dudes on this team, and it's just it's a different group that you're seeing take on and, and wear those Golden State uniforms than you have in the last few years. It's wild for me to watch. I and mean, you're talking about a team that has dominated the NBA for the last five years. They're 9-28 and this year, second-worst record uh, in the NBA. And then the Bucks take on San, or Sacramento, who Sacramento at this particular point in time also out of the playoffs. So is Portland. That is a team that last year was in the Western Conference Final. Now, just 15 and 22. So, we'll see C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard coming up on Saturday. Sacramento on Friday night. And Golden State on Wednesday night. All of those 9 o'clock tip-offs will be with you right here on 105.7 FM. The fan, those two teams, Warriors and Kings, playing right now. Kings blowing out the Warriors right now in Sacramento, 90-66. to We got that up on the ABC Audio Video flat panel, watching that drumming right now. Also, earlier today on the NBA on NBA TV, we were able to watch the Philadelphia 76ers get their 24th win on the season. They're 24-14, and but they're 17-2 and at home. Being able to dominate like that at home does not bode well for the playoffs. I just don't see that. Bucks get Philadelphia at Pfizer Forum. February 6th, so mark your calendars. They beat Oklahoma City tonight, 120-113. Pacers go on the road, beat Charlotte, 115-104. Celtics on the road, lose in the nation's capital to Washington, 99-94. Magic outlasts the Nets, 101-89. It was Nuggets on the road in Atlanta, 123. Hawks, 115. Jazz continue to churn out wins, 128-126 over the New Orleans Pelicans. And elsewhere in Dallas, Luka Doncic does it again with another triple-double. Most triple-doubles before turning 22 years old in NBA history. Luka now has 10 career triple-doubles. LeBron James was the last to do so with five before turning 22. So Luka Doncic doing some incredible things. 38 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists tonight and an 8-point win at home over the Chicago Bulls. That team... That Dallas team, if you haven't watched them outside of the one game that they played against the Milwaukee Bucks, I know that one was tough to swallow, but this team is fun to watch. And they didn't even have Kristaps Porzingis tonight. So, I mean, you're talking about a team that only gets better when you add another superstar player, unicorn-type player, uh, out on the floor and Kristaps Porzingis alongside Luka Doncic. That is a scary combination to have. A couple of comments from the MVP before we get on out of here. Giannis Antetokounmpo after the game. Uh, I think they played really good basketball. We're moving the ball, um, knocking down shots, you know, knocking down the mid-range, uh, playing off the post. 
Um, yeah, it's Man City that played really well. When a team is shooting three pointers the way they were, what can you do? Just got to be solid, you know, got to keep defending. And, um, but at the end of the day, we were right there. You know, uh, we were, you know, scrambling. They were moving the ball real well, and um, they were able to, you know, knock down some shots. But even though when we gave them the, you know, mean rage and the mid-post shots, they were able to knock down those uh, two. So it's kind of when you try to get it on and uh, they hit those shots, it's kind of deflating. Yeah, it's going to be tough, and, and deflating, I think, is the right word. You can talk about some big-time shots, some some threes like that. Those can be deflating. That's the MVP after the game tonight. Bucks get outshot, get outplayed, uh, get out-rebounded tonight against San Antonio. Everything went against the Milwaukee Bucks tonight uh, as they lose 126-104, just their sixth loss on the year. 32-6, and now 14-4 away from Pfizer Forum. Wednesday night, they take on the Golden State Warriors. We'll talk to you right here after the game on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. I want to tell you guys about Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. They're trying to simplify your life. Make 2020 window replacement a part of your vision for 2020, guys. They have some great opportunities for you in financing as well as hassle-free obligations. You're going to be able to go and, and they, they like I said, simplifying your life is what they're trying to do at Pella Windows and Doors. And being able to do that in this day and age and save you some money is something that you should not take lightly. Guys, there's an opportunity for you to, right now today, take advantage of nine different styles of Pella Windows and Doors to choose from vinyl, fiberglass, luxurious wood, the new 2019 Most Innovative Window Award with the roll screen that practically disappears out of view. Check them out today at their new Experience Center out in Brookfield or call them. Go online, PellaWI.com. Schedule your free no your free in-home consultation today. There's no hassle at all, no obligation to do so, and you possibly could take advantage of either 10-year, 2.99% APR financing or no interest financing for 18 months on approved credit. That is something that nobody else is doing. My thanks to Sam Schmitz for joining me tonight here on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Also, Sydney Moncrief, a part of the action tonight here on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. If you missed any of that interview, go to 1057fmthefan.com, click on Fan On Demand, or if you're listening on the radio.com app, just hit that rewind, baby. Go right on back. You can hear me with Sir Sid right here on 105.7 FM, the fan, 1250 AM, and the free radio.com app. It's Bucks and Warriors on Wednesday night. We're talking about it with you right here on the fan after that one. Tomorrow, we're live at 5 with my man Ryan Horvath getting you ready for Packers and Seahawks in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We talked to David Bakhtiari on the Wendy's Big Show at 435 Right here is the only station Wisconsin sports fans need. I'm out for the night. We'll be back tomorrow at 2. I will be on the Wendy's Big Show. We're live at 5 right here on The Fan. Keep it locked. 105.7, of the AM in the free radio.com app. Bucks lose tonight. Better days. Keep it right here. You got The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.